everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rhythm and Bay Podcast. As always, I'm your host, who does the most, Jasmine Ellis. So excited. And I know I say that every episode, I'm always excited. But like, this is literally one of my friends. And I love her so much. And she's just the best. So I'm so excited to be speaking with the wonderful, the talented, the hilarious Jennifer Zagrino. Why did I say Jennifer? I've Hello. never called Jennifer. Oh, because my, because my uh, Zoom says Jennifer and everyone says Jennifer. Yeah, I've seen. Wow, what friendship. No, what friendship. I know your fucking name but I just like I didn't trust myself like for a second I was like read it and make sure like I don't know who you are guys is her name Jenny I don't know we've been friends for like I do that all four the time years. don't worry about that it that is so funny thanks for tricking me um I also like how you were like um I'm the host that does the most okay <laughs> like anyone like anyone's challenged that yeah. they, they they do no one's challenged it just saying like let's see you know did you who else does a photo shoot in a mansion um you know just because they want to with a sequence gap me i do that shit i create i create an r&b lifestyle for myself i have a lot of leopard print pillows i will not be outdone i just bought myself two dozen roses (laughs) oh my god you gotta you know what you gotta dress for the life that you want this is true this is a very you want to live in a mansion you got to take photos in a mansion put that on your vision board (laughs) i kind of like how we've like we've turned man like manifesting is kind of low-key what rappers were already doing in the 90s where they would just like rent the homes you know what i mean like pretending you're rich (laughs) is a little bit of manifesting you know it's kind of it's kind of the same thing and they did become rich i think or or they they didn't didn't. or they like signed bad contracts and owe people a lot of money that's most of the type of stories i like to cover on this podcast is <laughs> you know who signed bad contracts the person we're going to talk about you know you know what you that's a <laughs> that wasn't the original intention for today's story but you're like making me like should i do should i do the story of mc hammer i'm gonna do mc hammer soon you're okay. like but i already had one ready for today because it's kind of somewhat come up in the news again recently and i love things that feel like they just happened especially when i talk to other millennials mm-hmm. and then we realize oh shit was this really 20 years ago so i'm gonna take you back for a moment uh-huh. uh first segment of the show is always called off the record and it's where we talk about huge stories in music music history and pop culture that changed everything So I'm going to talk about something that's kind of circling around thanks in part to the new Framing Britney documentary. By the way, Jenny, did you watch that? I did. Loved it. Loved it. I mean, it's very like, you know, it's very sad and interesting because I guess when you're when you're like 12 and you're thinking about this, you're not thinking about like what are the repercussions of the paparazzi and. Um, us saying all these horrible things about this human we're just like oh my god she's showing her belly she's a slut (laughs) you know what I mean like no one's thinking about it the same way with like Monica Lewinsky like no one you look back on that shit and you're just like oh my god how did they not I know like the bullying was so real and so intense I gosh me and Alex were watching Alex everybody is my husband me and Alex were watching the Muppet show and there's a connection, I promise. And Florence Henderson, a.k.a. Uh, Mama Brady from the Brady Bunch, was the, the the guest host that day. And literally, we just, like, were scowling at the TV. You know how you just feel angry and you don't know why? And then Alex just breaks the silence yeah. and he's like, you know what? I'm pissed at her for her comments about Britney Spears. I can't enjoy this. I can't. She was because she said that like Britney Spears basically deserved all of the negative attention because she dresses like a slut. And, you know, it was just very like, just yeah. ugh. 
Ugh, did you see that one congressman's wife who said that Brit- like she would shoot and kill Britney Spears for the damage? Yeah. She's- what? It's insane. It's insane, too, is it because it's not Britney. It's all the male executives that run that ran Britney's life that did it. It's Britney wasn't being like, let me dress. Let me as a, as a teenager dress uh, in this schoolgirl outfit. She didn't make that choice. A producer and a director made that choice for a, a 17 year old girl to dress that way. <laughs> Why are you drinking out of a green cup? I can't. Okay, so I we know, are on right? Zoom, y'all. And, it's like, oh, no, and, and Jenny's using the like green that. screen feature so you can see like this cool brick wall background, but she's drinking out of a green cup. So it looks like she's just. Because it's the only cup she's drinking. This, this cup of green, like this cup of nothing just enters her. It's tripping. Y'all know I have ADD. <laughs> it is tripping my brain out. So speaking of which, another controversy that that documentary brought forward was, of course, the 2004 Super Bowl. The year, mm. the, the titty heard round the world the nip slip? when Justin Timberlake uh, violated the means of their contract and their understanding during a performance when he was supposed to be headlining the Super Bowl and he exposed her breast and yeah. subsequently, of course, did not take responsibility at the time. Uh, didn't apologize to her until much, much, much later. And it was really a, like, now that we're looking back at it, how do you feel? Are you a Justin Timberlake fan? Do we feel? So, okay, with the nipple, was it was the piece of the item supposed to come off or he just went for it and ripped this piece of clothing right. off? I thought that it was supposed to come off and it malfunctioned. The halftime show at Super Bowl. <laughs> I can't read Greek. I can't read Roman letters. I'm like X X X X V I I I I, which broadcast live on February 1st, 2004, from Houston, Texas, the CBC network, is a notable moment for Janet Jackson's breast. Adorned with a nipple shield, was exposed by Justin Timberlake to the viewing public for approximately half a second. So literally, like third, like wow, like half a second. The incident, sometimes referred to as Nipplegate, led to an immediate crackdown and widespread debate on perceived indecency of broadcasting. So. That's the great thing is I'm pretty sure like you could get away with showing a nipple on some forms of television. So this might have. Well, now I got to look it what'd up. What did you say? I got to look up. I, I want to know exactly. Hmm. Now, the incident also made Janet Jackson the most searched person in term of 2004 and 2005. So. Oh, yeah. She had that weird sun on her. Yes. Nipple. It was like a nipple <laughs> ring that was shaped like a sun. <laughs> now, I'm asking. I'm looking for the specific uh, answer. There's this there's this one mm-hmm. image of him looking down at her nipple and being like, oh, no, <laughs> like and then and then the aftermath of them being like, oh, no, <laughs> like it's so Here perfect we go. Here's, of him being like, here's the official <gasps> answer from Janet. Justin was supposed to pull away the rubber bustier to reveal a red lace bra. The garment collapsed and her breast was incidentally revealed. Hmm. Uh, Jackson released a video apology when she said, my decision to change the Super Bowl performance was made after the final rehearsal and had no knowledge that whatsoever. And unfortunately, the whole thing went wrong in the end. I'm really sorry I offended anyone. It was truly not my intention. Um, so it was the understanding was that the intention was to show off the red bra and that just was an ink. That's the thing is I do feel... Yeah, but the red bra just came off. Like, I don't understand how the red bra just came off. Hmm. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like, it just... The cups don't just come off. I don't know. I think, look, I think partially it was, maybe it was staged. But the other part is, is like, who gives a shit? Why does a woman have to apologize for showing her nipple? It's it's interesting, too, because I feel like what the discussion becomes is like, why is a, like, 
why is football seen as this like all American thing that we have to like, oh, it's for families and everyone has to be okay all the time at this. And it's funny too, because it's like, is it like the NFL cheerleaders are damn near naked as well. But because it's because because our culture is, you know, is fucking um, macho and uh, sports are all we have uh, because, you know, there's no wars to fight anymore. <laughs> like, I mean, although we're in a war, we're technically have been in a war for like 20 years since 2001. But there's no like we don't it, it's like uh, the sports teams are like those are our wars. Yeah. That's what it is. And then, you know, and it's just like, I think football is a place, especially for the white male, where the white male goes to be like the white Mm. male cheering on a bunch of, you know, black players who work for him and do the things that he wants to do. And he brings his whole family to it. And then the audacity that like a black woman would show her nipple and ruin his his white party. I can definitely see that as a valid uh, a valid valid take on it um a little bit more yeah. about like and i'm sure that there was this level of like it's not it's not a white woman's nipple it's a black oh, i do think nipple. that and also too i remember i remember being like 13 years old and hearing about this on tv or like hearing about this on the radio on the drive to school and i remember people being like it was gross da, da, da. and it's like uh, okay it's not gross oh. no i feel like the it's a the, the body shaming of it all was like, I think partially because she's like, she was in her forties and black. So it's like, Oh no, mm-hmm. not an old nipple. We only want to see a fresh 18 year old. That nipple has been around for 40 years. No. no one wants to see a 40 year old nipple. <laughs> oh man. Uh, a decade after the incident, former FCC chairman, Michael Powell gave his first interview regarding Jackson's performance saying Jackson was treated unfairly and that the controversy, including his own reaction was completely overblown. I love that he said, including my own reaction. Powell stated, I, I mean, at least he took, at least he was like, yeah, that was a yeah, fucking, I exactly. And I think we've been, and he said, I think we've been removed from this long enough to, for me to tell you that I had to put my best version of outrage on that I could put on. <laughs> Part of it was surreal, right? Look, I think it was dumb to happen. Yeah. They knew the rules and were flirting with them. And my job is to enforce the rules, but you know, really, this is what we're going to do. Powell also said the treatment of Jackson, who was lambasted for causing an outrageous stunt, was unfair and commented on Timberlake not receiving the same backlash. I personally thought that was really unfair. It all turned into being about her. In reality, if you slow the thing down, it's Justin ripping off her breastplate. That's true. It's the hand that yeah. did it. It's uh, there was there really was no repercussions for Justin. And I think another thing that. But Justin's never had repercussions. We know this already from watching the documentary. Yes, yes that. He's not a good person. I think it's it's true. How small you think his penis? How small? I don't know. I think he's got a. I think he's got an average. I think it's just looking at him like your Florida average. <laughs> what is Florida average? What is that? It's a small. It <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. 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 All them gators getting in. Getting in that Okay, so I have had a reverse theory. I've always thought the closer you are to the sun, like, the bigger your dick is. Just, like, I just think, like, sunlight and warmth help dicks grow. So, like, I've and I've mm-hmm. noticed that, like, dudes I've hooked up with who have been from, like, New York or New Jersey are a little bit on the smaller side. I don't know if this is... I'm going dis- to disagree with that. I'm going to disagree. I think the closer you are to the sun, the more misogynistic you are. <laughs> That is very clear when it comes to Italians, Greeks, like, uh, Spanish, anyone near the Mediterranean Ocean, pieces of shit. 
This is strong opinions. They do not respect uh, the, the views expressed by Jenny's Greeno do not necessarily. Florida, respect. Texas, sorry, but it's hot. Y'all are shitty. No, they're not. Texans have the best, happiest, most progressive dicks this side of the Mississippi, okay? I will. Okay, I almost died in a snowstorm. Wait, doesn't the Mississippi cut through yeah, Texas? Yeah, I know. Oh, my well, the ones on the side I was on are great. Like, I almost died in Texas, repping Texas forever. By the way, y'all, if you were like, where yeah. was the episode last week? That's because I was stuck in a hotel room um, in Texas. I was in Austin for the week, and I only had one show, and I was supposed to fly right back. And then my flight was grounded for five hours while I sat on a tarmac waiting to leave. Uh, then Delta was like, hey, y'all... I don't know, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And they just kicked us off the plane. <laughs> Told us to come back the next day at 11 and then canceled our flights three more times. And luckily, I was able to get, like, the last room available at a La Quinta Inn, which uh, is very much an Android hotel. It is not an Apple hotel. Like, I'm, I've decided Mm-mm. you can grasp the quality of a hotel. It's a Nokia hotel. It's a Blackberry hotel. That is, that's not even... It's either. not. It was a, it was a scary experience because there's no other food available. So for like five days, well, one day I didn't have any food, but then the rest of the time I had uh, just like bags of chips. I think I called you and I was like, I'm eating famous Amy's cookies yeah. and I have one bottle of yep. water last week. Uh, uh, the pipes didn't burst. That's the funny thing is, is it was good. almost ironic still having power. Because, like, if I wanted to, I guess I could have recorded this podcast and just, like, weeped openly. But I didn't feel like I was in the emotional state to do that. I did feel like an asshole, though, when I was, like, sitting in my bed watching Friends. And I was like, there are people who do not have power right now who are, like, freezing to death. And I've got Joey. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) Another Italian king. All right. Another perfectly great Mediterranean person. I, I I refuse to accept what you're saying about Italians. It's it is true. I mean, it's just, but it's everyone near the Mediterranean. Israeli men, oh fucking! I by the way, I'm Jewish. Everybody, but she's Israeli Jewish men are and Italian, so I will allow this. Yeah, Israeli men are trash. Like anyone who's just hanging out near the Mediterranean and just getting warmer. <laughs> They're just, the dudes just become so, I think it's because their balls are just so sweaty. They just don't know what to do. They just can't handle it. So they just lash out at women. And uh, as far as like uh, dick size, I look, the northern dudes I've been with, all pretty hefty. Really? I've been with British dudes and Irish dudes straight from England. No, mm-hmm. no sun. Not just the rain. beans and toast, motherfucker. Absolutely they not. They were monsters. They were monsters. Really? Yeah. Really? Fucking the whitest people, the whitest, translucent, translucent. Their dicks were translucent. <laughs> it was like a beacon. <laughs> a beacon. I'm trying to think if I've ever fucked anyone in this, in like the South that I would be like, mm, you know, I don't think like, I really don't think like I've, I've, uh, you know, dipped my toes into the. Well, Southern I waters. wish peach cobbler and 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 pecan pie. I fucked a guy in New Orleans, but but he was Israeli. Oh, okay. See, you can't leave him alone. It's always the thing you have the strongest negative opinion. You're you're those dudes. You're those dudes who swear Excuse they me. hate fat girls and can't stay out our fucking DMs. You're there. <laughs> I just think you're promoting obesity. Don't so promote it on my face. <laughs> Sit on my face, please. <laughs> 
I love those dudes. Those dudes that just want to be suffocated. Yes. I had one guy that was, he was so hot, such a piece of shit, but he was one of those dudes that was like, I just want to be suffocated. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Isn't it great how like, we're, like a lot of really bad he, men have this like fantasy of dying and it's like, keep going with that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Please do not harm yourself if you're listening to this book. <laughs> There are resources contact the suicide and help. Don't kill yourself. But if you're going to die under a pussy, like, that's a great way to go. Trust me. Um, they, ne- they never found the body. Um, so, I don't know. I guess uh, what we're talking about. It came size? up because we were discussing. Um, uh, oh, Justin Timberlake's small dick. He just he just projects small dick energy. Like, anytime the hammer comes down on a controversy he's in, he's just like, it wasn't my fault. And then he like runs yeah. away. I, he's a he's a little squirmy wormy. You know what? I think that's very true, and I think it's super valid too. I think he's a people pleaser and always wants to be whoever people want him to be to succeed. And that worked for him for a long time. Like that that absolutely mm-hmm. worked for him. One thing I always found very disingenuous was that kind of the way that he flirted with black music when it was convenient. And then kind of went away from it when it wasn't, which is just kind of speaks to the way that people will put on a culture to get ahead if they think they can. And I don't know. He just always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Also, like, I don't know, just the way it's okay to cry, but he's just. Do you remember that episode of Punk where he was crying because his house, like his stuff was being repossessed and like just how like whiny he was being? (laughs) I'll have to send you the clip because he's just like he's was very whiny and very entitled. I'll, if people were taking my stuff, that's, that's true. That I probably would cry too. You know, it's <laughs> I I feel I don't want to like slander any one particular person, but I do think when you look back at this, the fact that like he literally won't apologize until his hand is over the fire, until people are like, "No, you really fucked up," and then you know, then yeah. it's a iOS press release, you know, and he's sending a note to the world, so. Sorry, I was a bad <laughs> Sorry. So the way we put the show together is we always do a po- we always do a playlist to accompany the podcast. Each episode, I try to keep it uh, streamlined at seven songs, and I always end up with like ten. Um, not seven songs, eight songs. So the song that was being performed during you know Nipplegate was "Senorita" by Justin Timberlake. But let, let's not keep his streams up. Let's not get him more money yeah. off of us. So what is your favorite Janet Jackson song? Then we're gonna we're gonna kick it to Janet and get her streams up. Mm, I was never a huge Janet Jackson fan. <gasps> well then you are in for a treat. I have retrained my brain not to go, what? You're not a fan of Janet Jackson? Like I don't do that anymore. I don't judge people for not having my taste. I what was one of her big songs oh in my the gosh, 90s? There's so many. I mean, you could do Miss Me Miss You Much, uh, Nasty, to yeah, that was a good one, Missy Much. Missy Much is a great song. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, I miss you much. See, there we go. I really miss you much. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. We're going to go with that, and then it's going to be the first track off of this week's playlist. And then, as you know, the next section is up to you, Jenny. So you tell me the five songs that have shaped who you are. And they don't have to be your favorite five songs, but these are five songs that tell the story of what makes you, you. So share with the world. Okay. What five songs make Jenny, Jenny? I'm going to say it right now. That's how that works. This is like very on the spot. Do you, you didn't give me any warning. (laughs) I thought I you were like, can you do my podcast? I'm like, sure. And you're like, send in the link. (laughs) Okay. You're right. Okay. So we can, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to, okay. Five songs that shape me. Let's, let's get to it. 
Um, you don't have to do them in any particular order if you okay. don't want to. I'm going to try to start. Okay, first song, Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds. Okay. Because I, when I was five, I heard that song, and I was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obsessed with the Beatles now for the next ten years. And I was. <laughs> what? So that started the whole uh, Beatles craziness. Don't, no, 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 and no, no. Let's then, talk more about that song okay. in particular. So Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, you're five years old. Where, who introduced you to that song? My dad, we're sitting in his Oldsmobile, his 1987 Oldsmobile with red leather interior, Aww. and it had heated seats. Red leather. And I remember being like, red leather. Like, they don't do that no more. There are just certain It was color. a cool fucking car. Well, what color was the outside? Please tell me brown. That would be so fun if it silver. was hideous. Like, if it didn't go with it. Okay, so silver? No. Ooh. It was silver. Your dad kind of drove around like a pen. It was like. I love that. He was, a, he was like, I'm a lawyer. So he was like, check out my 1987 Oldsmobile. <laughs> okay. I love that. 87. That's the year you were born, what right? Like, like, who, like, who thought of Oldsmobile as a name? It has the name Old in it. <laughs> Why? It's kind of funny, too, because it's like so many other things. Like, a mobile is a moving object. Old. That old moving object. <laughs> old. Like, that is definitely like a 1938 meeting of executives being like, what do people like? Reliability. Who's reliable? Old things. Tradition. Oldsmobile. There we go. Isn't it funny how, like, I... Go beat your wives now. <laughs> like that. I feel like our generation and the younger one, Gen Z, for, are like the first generation to have this like obsession with pretending they're not getting older. Like with just like clinging yes. on. Like, oh my God. I, you know who I can't fucking stand is any. I, I hate the latter Gen Z's. The Gen Z's that are like two years younger than me that are like, oh my God, no, I'm just so young. Oh. You, I, I mean, I could relate, yes. but I can't because my genes are so baggy in my butt. Uh, like, just, it's not regular Gen Z that's like the actual teenagers and living their lives. It's the one that are like two and a half years younger than me that are like, oh no. Like they're the, they're the ones who work so hard to distinguish themselves from millennials. Because they just need to be like, yeah. no, I've never had avocado toast. No. Like, <laughs> I will own a house never. or the planet will explode. Those two things are the only possibilities. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to find my second song. No, 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 no. Let's talk um, a little bit, it's gonna a little be... bit more about this one. Um, I just have, like, one okay. more question about it. Okay. So okay. Lucy in the Sky of the Diamonds is the song that, like, introduces you to the Beatles and makes you a Beatles fan. How do you, are there any particular mm-hmm. lyrics in that song that you deeply connect with? Anything that maybe you feel like tells, no? No. I just really, I don't know why, I just really liked the song. <laughs> okay. And then I just, I just liked it. I liked the tone of it. I liked the Lucy in the sky with diamonds. It's a very, like, when you're five, that sounds Do you fun. know it's about LSD? Well, no. <laughs> Wait, like, as of just now, or did you know beforehand? I knew beforehand, but not at five. <laughs> I was like, it's about a woman in the sky. Um, and then it just like fueled on, like it just fueled all of the Beatles hysteria that I had at like from like five probably to. Who's 13. your favorite Beatle? Oh, man. Uh, John Lennon, probably because he's just 
very creative and funny and witty, but he's also a very complicated character in that he used to, like, beat his wife. So, like, what do you do? <laughs> I don't mean to, I didn't mean to laugh. I just, <laughs> hearing that out loud and knowing that he had the audacity to try and, like, make the really super profound thought that women are the nigger of the world. And it was like, okay, but, like, you done disrespected two yeah, groups. Beat <laughs> Well, like, so he beat his first wife. So he was, he married his first wife because he got her pregnant and when he was like in college. So he hated her um, and did not like her and probably didn't like his kids. So he like just wasn't a nice person to them. And then, of course, there's like the woman that like changed him. Yoko Ono like came around and was like, made him see things differently. And she's not like other girls and all that (laughs) shit that dudes do. That's just like, uh, you're just, you're just an asshole. How do you feel? But it was funny. <laughs> I can see and see. I can see you appreciating the humorous one. My favorite was always yeah. Ringo Starr, just because he was on an episode of Home Improvement. That's all I remember. But I remember being like, "He's cool and has a ponytail." <laughs> he is my least favorite. I've come to appreciate George Harrison more, and I like Paul McCartney. Um, but Paul McCartney feels like a sellout to me, even with the fucking Beatles. <laughs> But also, I'm obsessed with the... I don't know. Yeah. Fuck that. But I am obsessed with the Paul is dead theory. Go on. You don't know about this? Oh, my God. This This is serious. So there's a theory that Paul McCartney died in 1965, and a doppelganger was put in his place. And that's why they broke up, is because this clearly was not Paul, and all the music had been recorded beforehand. And there's, like, all these little clues and evidence, and, like, you can, like, they picture match his face to, like, after 1965 face, and it's different, like, weirdly different, where you're like, that is really Plastic surgery is a thing. In 65? Like, but, like, change your eye shape? Like, make your eyes go down lower? It's just, like, weird. I'll send you stuff after the podcast. And there's, like, like, there's all the clues in the songs, so, like... You know, if you hear in the background of some songs, it's just like Paul is dead or like you play you'd play a record backwards would give you a phone number to call and the phone number would like tell you Paul is dead. Like it's crazy. This is all real shit. It was it was this crazy cool thing. And so the who they think it is, is this guy named um, uh, uh, Robert Billy something. But Billy Shears is him in the song. Billy, like when they go Billy Shears and um. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergeant Peppers and like he's wearing like also in the cover Paul McCartney's wearing this black band around his arm which is like what you would give soldiers who died like just all this weird stuff um, and there's all these like little clues around it and um, yeah it's just like it's really interesting it's really interesting and it's a really fun uh, movie that I'm currently wow. writing so don't wow the Paul ideas. is dead phenomenon is a real thing I'm seeing all I kinds of online stuff about dead. this they believe he died in a car oh crash my God. This is, okay that is cool. oh so some of the theories I love some of these theories my favorite theory and it is very wrong because also their um their manager Brian Epstein died he died of a heroin overdose so what they think happened is that the Rolling Stones hired a bunch of goonies in like 1966 while um, Brian and Paul were were um, touring Paris to put them in a truck and then throw the truck over a cliff. It's wild, and I'm just like, yeah, that's 100%. I'm into that one, that the Rolling Stones killed Paul McCartney. <laughs> 
The theories are so funny and stupid, and I'm just, I'm going to send you a bunch Please of stuff. Please do, because that could be, like, he might I be could dead. do a, another like, episode ah. about some Paul is dead. Paul is dead. I'm just writing that in big notes. Paul is dead. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, very interesting. I had, a, like, a, a, not a love-hate relationship with the Beatles, but, like, uh, I didn't really grow up on that music, and then I just remember, like, having white friends and then being like, you don't know the Beatles? <laughs> well like the whole paul is dead thing i'm like yeah it's like a very like white person bored uh let's make up a conspiracy theory of paul mccartney you want to know my favorite white conspiracy theory that john benet ramsey is Katy perry that is (laughs) (laughs) i'm obsessed with that one that one (laughs) Katy perry is just minding her california girl business and people are like no you were that murder child pageant girl That one's crazy. I need to see a documentary on that shit because I'm sure that there's so many fucking layers to the Jean Benet shit that keeps coming out. That I'm like, did the parents do it? Didn't they do it? Was it the brother? Where's the bot? Like, it's so wild. Mind blowing. So let's go into your next favorite song. (laughs) Tell me what. My next favorite song is going to be a weird one. It's a deep dive, and it's not necessarily like I love. Like, actually, I do love listening to this song, and I will just listen to it sometimes. But it is Symphony Number no. Twenty Five in G Minor K One Eighty Three First Movement. Um, there are too many numbers Mozart. in that title. Hold on, <laughs> Symphony. What? <laughs> okay. First Movement, Symphony Number no. Twenty Five in G Minor. Wow, I don't. This is how. And it is off, if you go to the Amadeus soundtrack for the 1984 um, uh, Academy Award winning film, Amadeus, starring Tom Hulse and um, F. Murray Mm -hmm. Abraham, it is the first song. And it is the scene where um, I just, you know, like you watch stuff and it's just burned into your memory Mm -hmm. forever. So that movie, I think I saw again when I was like five. And the two things that I remember that have, like, burned into my memory is the scene of Salieri, who um, F. Marie Abraham plays, um, trying to kill himself. So, like, a bunch of blood. And so I was like, oh, my God, there's so much blood. I can't believe you got to watch this like, like, you know, when you're five, like, you're obsessed with, like, death. And, like, why do you, like, things are dead. Like, why are people dying? Oh, I was obsessed with, like, death. I, I, like, I do like how you play like, that oh. off like it was a normal childhood experience. And I appreciate. It is a normal childhood thing, okay? You get obsessed with poop and death. Those are the two things. I appreciate that you are so self-confident. That you're like, you know how this terrible thing that I went through is what everyone goes through? Everyone in the group will agree that death was on our mind. You know what? You put it to the you put it to the fans. They're gonna be like, yeah. When you're like when you're like those formative like three to five, you're like obsessed with like poop, how body functions work, and like death. <laughs> okay, I'm not out of my mind. And then the other scene in that was um, Mozart, uh, and this is this is also informs my entire <laughs> sexual life. Uh, when Mozart is basically telling his fiance that he loves her and is like kissing her titties. <laughs> I just like remembered that. And I was like, oh, that looks fun. And like wearing big fancy dresses with big wigs. I'm like, what is not to like about this? So this song sets up basically my entire life. Do you Am yes. I wrong? You no, know me. No, I this is this is consistently on brand for you. As much as you enjoy things that are yep. haunted and weird and and as much as we both really enjoyed Bridgerton, 
<laughs> Although, oh my god, I wish I could have watched Bridgerton without my husband. I fucking love him. Why? He like I can't. Whenever like a hot dumb guy says something dumb, he will just under his breath destroy it with the dumbest little commentary. <laughs> it was the scene, and no spoilers for any. What I burned for you? Not that one. Woo! That burned. That did something for me. Did you see the SNL yes. of him? Of where? <laughs> <laughs> It just made me laugh so hard in the yes. opening, where he's like, "It's you know, it's not like that when people say you know dumb things like I burn for you," and then I just went. <laughs> and, and don't and you love it that pulled that like throw your panties at the stage energy? Because I feel like in the core we haven't yes. been able to go to concerts. You know, we haven't like when was the last time you felt like butterflies like that? Like that's what it makes you feel. But um, there was that scene where. Uh, your grace and your grace as they call each other the the your grace they're making love in his office and he needs to do yeah. something with his nut and he's like scrambling <laughs> <laughs> he's like scrambling for something to come into and there's all these like important documents and alex just went oh my documents and i just <laughs> And now it's like halfway ruined our sex life. Like, cause I just want to go my documents every time I'm about to every go. time you guys fuck. <laughs> Give me your signature, baby. <laughs> Give me your Johnny like, and Cock in my vagina. This is why two people, like, cause we just yes and each other to fucking death. You know, we both met doing comedy, and I love this. It, it is a beautiful thing, but it's also disturbing because there's so many times where I just want to be like. Oh, I'm almost there, but I hate my father. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bridgerton, man. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god, I love that you told the Amadeus story. Every time you, that is that is so funny. I think like he really is like nutting into other things because he hates his dad so much. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being so angry as a parent that you just? <laughs> I mean, that's the whole premise of the show, is a dude that's so angry with his dad, he can't come. That is what we watched for eight hours, every one of us. <laughs> that was, I think, after I finished the show, I was like, that was the whole show. It's about a girl who doesn't know that sperm isn't makes a baby. <laughs> that's like it. And she went into her chambermaid's quarters, and she said, tell me exactly how you get <laughs> or however she how yeah. does one become with child or however they say yeah my my friend Brit and I always quote to each other like why won't you unfold yourself to me <laughs> and like that's what we'll, that's like what our therapist will ask us <laughs> when we're not having a, an open day they're just like unfold yourself to me I don't like it I don't like it unfold yourself sounds tear it's you great like if someone whispered that in your ear like in a bus like, <laughs> or else I'm going to nut all over your books not my documents <laughs> ah. is this the deed to your house not anymore <laughs> just coming in a filing cabinet <laughs> no my marriage license why are these your tax returns from 2017 <laughs> I moved that year. Stop. Okay, we see this is this is how you know Jenny is also the love of my life because we're just gonna like. Can you imagine if someone was listening to the show strictly for music commentary? <laughs> uh, I love it. You a 
are plum fuck out of luck, buddy. Like, we just be talking. Oh. I also, too, just want to say that, like, that the actor, what is it, Reggae? Uh-huh, Reggae Jean Page. Reggae Jean Pierre. Reggae Jean Page, yeah. He's so hot, it's, like, very upsetting mm-hmm. to watch. Like, it makes me physically angry because I know I'll never fuck him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I just am tired of all these unobtainable men. I mean, he's not that unattainable. I'm friends with somebody who's in a movie with him. So, like, you're friends with He's very unobtainable. We're two degrees of separation away. Who? Who was it? Tone Bell. Him and Tone Bell were in this movie called Sylvie's Love. Oh, yeah. Tone's also in the new um, Billy... uh, uh, Girl. It's good. (laughs) Literally, Billy Elliot came into my brain, and then (laughs) Billy Joel came into my brain. I thought you were going to say Eilish. I thought you... Tone Bell's in the new Billy Joel movie. (laughs) The U.S. versus Billy Joel, yes. Because um, <laughs> Billy Joel was out there. Oh, why? Because he's drunk and uh, ran his car into a house? You know, that really No, it's right. a really great film. Uh, film. Andre Day won the Golden Globe for it last night, and it's a really great film. And I just watched it Saturday night, and it's like, I've been, I've known Tone for like four years, and like, we kind of mm-hmm. have like a little brother-little sister relationship, but when I saw his muscular ass, I was like... <laughs> Oh, sorry to give it away. He does oh show God, his whole butt. No. <laughs> Ooh. I can't Okay, wait. let's want to objectify men. Will he unfold himself to me? <laughs> not all the way. Not to not to objectify <laughs> men, but we're gonna. I think he has a better butt than Reggie Jean Pache. I would recommend like Well now I gotta compare. They show his butt in Richardson just yeah, I know. I gotta compare. I gotta watch both. I, and it's a fair comparison. They're like about the same height and weight. Like it's a solid. Like it's it's a solid matchup. But butt for butt, I think tone wins. Yeah. Here's the thing too. From having done sex scenes on camera, you do actually like get wet and shit because your body's like we're fucking right. And uh, I was wondering. So I can only imagine like what the fuck happened. Like <laughs> how many breaks they had to take. How do you? I mean, like, how do you? I'm sure they like. Okay, that. that's I'm a good sure question about a sex scene. Like, so what do you do when you just feel like someone's erect penis? Is it like taped down? Like, you know, it had to have been erect. Like, you can't go through those emotions and just and not be erect. I'm sorry. I think I'm sure he had a, a, a tiny little, <laughs> a little Justin Timberlake. Sex. As an actor, how do you like navigate those scenes? Like, does it get uncomfortable for you? It probably does. I mean, I I got wet. <laughs> The time I did it with Billy Bob. I just, your body's just like, there's a penis near me. I have to get ready. Like, it just knows. That's true. Billy Bob Thornton, everybody. What would you do? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what I would do to try and cool myself down in that situation. Do you just think, like, vials of blood? <laughs> like, it was just like this. I mean, some people would be like way more turned <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. Of blood. You love that bloody scene in Amadeus? Oh, you mean, are you talking about like Billy like Billy Bob? Like, I'm thinking about vials of blood? I thought you meant just in like, general. Like, to turn yourself off. Someone would be thinking in about the moment. Blood. Like, to turn it. But then again, that wouldn't help you be an actor. As an actor, you. No, I would just, I just go with it. Just fucking turn on, fuck Just up, give into it. Just give into it. That's, you know what? That's what I need to learn how to do to make it in these streets and start acting. I'm, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Also, just so you know, they will do your sex scenes the first day. They do the sex scenes like the first time because they just want to. That's out of the interesting. I guess I guess that's kind of like ripping off a bandaid because then anything else you do won't be can't it can't be as awkward as the thing you just did. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Pretty much. 
I'm waiting for it. So I love that you have, you have taken me on a musical journey so far, and we're only two songs in, starting with the Beatles, and then, of course, doing a classical. So we've got two hugely different genres. We've got basically what I would call classic rock, and then we've got classical music. Two very different vibes. How, uh, which direction are you taking us next? What's your next song? Mm. I'm going to pair these two songs. Okay, let's hear the connection. Okay. Um, So one is... Uh, again, very same, similar musical vibe. One is um, Prince's Raspberry Beret, which is my favorite Prince song. I can't get that over is it. A- it just, it is my favorite song. I've tried to be like, find the B-side that you like. Be that person that's just like, I only like the B-sides. And I'm like, no, nah, it's a fucking, it's a perfect song. But that's the thing about Prince is Prince did what he wanted to do. So it's like, he, of yeah. course he put out the sing- the singles that were great, like, the singles are better than the B-sides. It's the better songs because he wanted the world to hear them. Yeah. Also, too, this is weird. I, I, like, listen to a lot of his later music. I love the album, the 2010 album that came out. I think it's just called 2010. Mm-hmm. It's a great album. People should is listen to it. Is that the one with Black it. Sweat on it? Uh, no. But that is a great, that's uh, 3121. I think is Black Sweat, which is Black Sweat's is such a good song. That is a great, that's a, that's a great song. Let me see. Oh my God. You want to hear something um, hilarious? So I just looked up Prince 2010 what? and that is also the name of a Indian. It, 2010. 20, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is yeah. also the name of an Indian uh, action sci-fi movie that looks very low budget. So <laughs> Prince 2010 uh, film stars Rebecca Bonnery. Uh It looks very like it looks like a Will Smith video. Like, it's just a lot yes. of light. Oh, it has one star on Rotten Tomato. <laughs> oh. um, and the, so I think personally, the song, the song that is, um, that they're, that are fucking bangers on 2010 would be um, Sticky Like mm-hmm. Glue and uh, Walk in the Sand. <laughs> I'm not familiar with either of those. Anyways, so, okay, so uh, Raspberry Beret, banging. But then at the same time, the song, oh, Lupe. I can hear snoring. Um, Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. Mm-hmm. Both very like 18th century vibes to them. Like if you listen to them, pretty sure. Raspberry Beret, I think, definitely has like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, what is that instrument? Yeah, they both have harpsichord, harpsichords in them. Big, big harpsichord. Fan, <laughs> you know, harpsichord comes in and out of fashion because there was like a little pocket in the mid 2000s where harpsichord was popping again. It was this producer named Dark yes. Child who did, uh, you know, I know my, you know, I know my Beyonce, but it was the the beginning yeah. of Say My Name is like, boom, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, too, what I like, harpsichords are interesting because you can't control, if I believe so, they don't have a volume, like a, softer loud volume like the like a piano mm-hmm. does so it's like it goes like the harpsichord and then it was like the piano forte was like the next um uh kind of like keyed instrument to come but the harpsichord you can't like it's all just one volume so you just gonna like it just interesting little harpsichord <laughs> fact for you. also the boy is mine i believe has some harpsichord on it it was you know this is it's a the boy is mine. Um, I was okay. So I grew up like my brother is an opera singer. I did not know that. And um, yeah, and my mother taught piano in Russia and was like a classically trained musician. So like I grew up around probably more classical and opera than like your mm-hmm. average person. 
Um, so what I'm saying is I am better than most people. <laughs> That's the pull quote. I That's the name of the episode. This I am better than most people. <laughs> right now, I have on my record player, uh, I, this morning when I was getting dressed, I was playing uh, Mozart's piano concerto shit on my little record player because... Um, I'm very cool, and uh, you know, I just want to chase away anyone who wants to have sex with me. <laughs> so you don't be banging to harpsichord. With my harpsichord facts. That's not your thing. I would bang to harpsichord. Hundred I... <laughs> percent. I was just—I don't know why I was trying to think about the most sexual harpsichord song I could think of, and then my brain went, "You, you got what I need." <laughs> <laughs> But you say he's just a friend. That is a sexy song. Um, I was just thinking, well, okay, so I was re-watching the Annie Lennox uh, Walking on Broken Glass music video. Didn't know this, but the heartthrob in that music video is John Malkovich. Really? He's like <laughs> the sexual desire. And the other guy in it is Hugh Laurie. And I figured, I'm like, oh, this is like the time when um, uh, Dangerous Liaisons came out. Like that early 90s version with John Malkovich. Hugh Laurie looks terrible without a beard, good lord. <laughs> Are you yes. Googling I Hugh Laurie in, uh, in Walking on Broken Glass? Yeah, but then John Malkovich has a beard in this music video, and in the 18th century, no one had fucking facial hair, and it makes me so mad. I'm like, you had to keep the shitty goatee in this music <laughs> video? It's such a shitty goatee. And it's John Malkovich! No one should want to fuck John Malkovich. He's not. He's a strange looking man. He. He's like, he's like, you know, you fuck him because he's weird. <laughs> you don't fuck him because you're because you're like, I want to fuck him. <laughs> you're like, he's going to do some weird thespian shit on me. I feel like everybody. That's why I feel like everybody has that one like person who is weird. Like they know it's weird. They don't want to tell people that they're attracted oh, yeah. to them. But you just cannot help it. Who's oh, yours? Yeah. I can't tell you. It's oh, it's embarrassing. But I think you know. I think you know. I have a joke about him. No. Yeah, about uh, his. Oh my god, Malcolm Gladwell. (laughs) (laughs) I would fuck the shit out of Malcolm Gladwell, and I don't know why. I don't know why. There's something like a praying mantis like about him. Like he's 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 old. He's old. He's very Mm -mm. skinny. He's got, he's just a, just kind of a weird, lanky dude in general. And he's a baby, like, he's a baby yeah. boomer. Like, that's how old yeah, he is. that's a big. But he starts talking to me, and I'm just like, take me now, Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> I'm trying to think who, <laughs> take who my, me. like, girl, don't tell nobody that. Let's read a book and fuck, you know? <laughs> oh, I have talked about this before. The first time you and I did a podcast <laughs> together, I talked about this. And I still I still would let him hit. I've seen him recently in a movie and still would do it. Seth Green. <laughs> Seth <laughs> Green. So itty bitty, teeny weeny, pocket size Seth Green. That is so just, weird. I, <laughs> that's weird. It is. Mine. And I've been consistent with this since I was like 12 years old, ever since I saw him as the super problematic, culturally appropriate of special K in Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh my it's, god! There's this one stupid ass line where he goes, "Oh, oh, 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 oh yo, baby, please, you too fine to be crying," and that just did something. <laughs> I wonder if you were crying and then like you turned to the TV and he was there and you're just like, 
he hears me. He that hears would be me. that moment when like that 80, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> like such play. <laughs> I guess Seth Grit's so weird. He's like, at least Malcolm Gladwell's like, you know, uh, renowned, educated, <laughs> smart, wrote so you many books. You don't think Robot Chicken was a great cultural reset? <laughs> you don't think Robot Chicken did anything for the, no? Uh, the, the fam. It gave jobs to comedians. Yeah, family guy. Malcolm hasn't given me Austin a job Powers. yet. And I've been saying I'd fuck him all over town. <laughs> I've been saying I'd fuck him all over town. I've been saying I've been fucking for years. Well, if job. anyone who... I really... Well, when stuff opens up, I want to do that the joke I have about him because it's, it's my favorite joke because it's so ridiculous because it's so it's very true about masturbating to an audiobook of his. I want to do it on, like, Conan. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if I get a reaction. <laughs> If someone tweets at him, there's this comedian who wants to fuck your. I voice. can't wait till like someone takes off their mask to gasp. Me and the crowd go. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, so those, so okay, those are number three. Is yes, two okay, songs. so you said okay, so again, 18th century theme. Wait, hold up that. for a second because you mentioned quite a few different songs. Is it is it Raspberry Beret and Walking on Broken Glass? Like both of them together. They're, yeah, they're like the same. I think I heard them kind of at the same time in my life. And that kind of sparked like a, oh, I like I like this sound a lot. There's something special about the like Renaissance 80s connection there. There's something really great. And also yeah. Raspberry Beret has just such a great what? video with like that <sighs> dance. The weird and the and the green yeah. screen or the blue screen and like and his little suit, his little his little cloud suit and it disappears. Ah. Also, too, I mean, I guess, too, seeing him, that, again, was, like, very 18th century inspired, mm-hmm. so I was, like, immediately, <laughs> this is, what, probably seven or eight-year-old Jenny? Even though the song came on 85, I remember hearing it in, like, 94, 95 on, like, MTV mm-hmm. or some shit. But that sparking, like, a little bit of sexual, like, woohoo. <laughs> it's the ruffle shirts that did it for you. It was his ruffle shirts. It's the ruffled shirt. I love a man yeah, but it's it's the ruffled shirts and it was it's the jacket because, you know, Seinfeld wore a ruffled shirt <laughs> at one point. Fuck so I was about to say, would you Seinfeld? No, 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 no. I feel like it would be it would be very. Um, I've had sex with people like that before. People just never ask you what's the deal the whole time. <laughs> what's the deal with your pussy not being wet? <laughs> He's just gonna joke into it until it's over. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is I've fucked comics before and it's always been <laughs> I mean I married one, but then again he quit. So I feel like it's like I sensed his true soul and I was like, This isn't for you. You're meant <laughs> to be in love with me and not do comedy. And then look at Oh my god. I think I only dated one comic for a while. I fucked a few. That I don't feel good about. <laughs> Not that I don't feel good about it. I just like made shit really weird because they weren't cool. <laughs> they weren't like cool about it or it just didn't go mm. well. And I'm like, oh, I gotta work with these people. <laughs> and partially, I will take credit. Part of it not going well was my fault. 
sometimes relationships don't work out for a number of reasons. A lot of times, too, it's just not the place you were meant to be. And like, I mean, gun to your head, if you had to be married to any one of your exes, would that be a happy life for you? One of them, I, pr- I think really? I could do it. Is he married now? Yeah. I think so. See, see. I think I could do it now in hindsight because I would enjoy how boring he is now. Like, I would relish in, like, the simple support and love and not, like, uh, needing to fight and, like, scream mm. at each other. Do you feel so like that'd you- be nice. And then the other one, the other one I would, but they're, like, emotionally a little mm. weird. So, I don't know how I would. I, I think eventually... And that's been the problem of kind of one of the reasons why we broke up was I just was like, oh, you're you're not where I need you to be. Yeah. And you didn't want to wait for him to unfold yeah. for you. I couldn't wait for the unfolding. <laughs> you didn't just ask him to unfold. <laughs> I always end up with these fucking weirdly like emotionally stunted dudes that are just like, they're, I mean, like. They're dumb. It's just like that the emotions that I need don't compute mm. to them. Do you know what I mean? Like they just don't have an understanding of it. I mean, there's a lot of factors for that. I think part of it with women, it's, it's, it's so strange because we socialize women and men so differently. And then we're like, okay, now be together forever. And it's like, why him? <laughs> he doesn't know how to do anything I want him to. Like, it's very strange that we pair, like heterosexuality makes no sense when you really think about it. <laughs> We're like, no. let's condition these people to be as different as possible and literally punish them for being anything alike. Like, call them mean names, mm-hmm. lock them up, electrocute them, convert them in every way, shape, and form to being as different as possible. And then those are the people that should be together. <laughs> Opposites are like, no, that's why, like, that's why most men and women <laughs> kind of low-key hate each other. Like, a lot of straight couples yeah. are full of miserable people. Like, and yes... I think I think of I think of the the trick is just to get a confident guy. I think that's the huge problem is there are just so many insecure mm-hmm. men who seem confident, especially yeah. in our business. They're all like, I'm so confident. And then you talk to them for five minutes and you're just like, oh, my God, you're a <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of what attracts a lot of people to this kind of job, though. You have to be a little bit insecure mm-hmm. to be like, the world needs to see me. <laughs> am i special i don't know they need to see me like my parents never did <laughs> said the insecure uh said, i said this on my own podcast i was like the world needs my voice all the time i'm doing i'm the best host <laughs> i'm trying to think what's what's four and five right. songs four and five so you're you're claiming two, um, two songs for number three i'll let you i'll let you hang with that i mean two songs for number three because they're like still very informative um okay i'm gonna say uh my next one is jumping way Mm -hmm. ahead is gonna be father john misty because that was kind of like the last new music i I remember the father john misty phase i remember driving and on it was a radio station minnesota called the the current 89.3 it's great station it was like very independently run and they played Hollywood forever uh, cemetery. And I just remember, and it was like two in the morning and I remember hearing it being like, what is like, you know, like when you hear a song, you memorize the lyric, like mm-hmm. one lyric so that you can go home and Google it and be like, what the fuck was this thing I just heard? 
And so I did that and I found the song and then I bought the album and then the and then that year I think I moved to LA. So I remember playing that album because it was about Los Angeles as I was cresting over to like see Los Angeles. Like I specifically timed it so that I would see like the Babylon song on that album so I could like feel the feeling of coming to Babylon. I get that. Fun times in Babylon. That makes sense. I get that like creating your own soundtrack if you will for the movie of your life. Like what do you want mm-hmm. playing? What do you want? I, I remember looking up that OC theme song, California, the first time I drove by myself. <laughs> I played that one too. California. 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 It's a banger, man. Here it comes. <laughs> Such a good song. We've been on the road. Na, 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 na. I don't even know what it's. Na, 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 na. California. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I wonder I gotta know if the guys from that band are actually from California if they were just doing like their most yeah no they are one of them is a, a Coppola what's his name oh like a Sofia Coppola the drummer is um or was um oh, fuck what's his name he's so famous he's like in all the West Anderson is he that movies. famous if you have to wonder yes he's very famous he's in all the Wes Anderson movies I couldn't tell um, you anybody in a Wes Anderson. I don't oh even know what Wes Anderson looks like. God. <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten this new thing okay. where I've decided to like buck fame, if you will. Like, because there is the concept of black famous and white famous. And you know, there's like people who are famous to black people and not famous to white people. And I've decided to be like yeah. more vocally ignorant when I don't know who a white person is. <laughs> Ever since I saw the cabin where Miss Pat tells Kaylee Kuko to her face, don't nobody know who you are. <laughs> The star of the Big Bang Theory, like the highest paid sitcom actor. And she goes, black people don't watch that shit. And I'm going to start doing that to people. So I don't know any Coppolas. Okay, I refuse. Coppola what? I refuse to know any Coppolas. Um, fucking um, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> He's a Coppola. I, I didn't Did know, you know that. I thought he was a Schwartzman. Yeah, he's a cop. He's he's part of the Coppola. Oh, he was in he was in Rushmore. Wes Anderson's Rushmore. Funny thing is, I only know Sophia because she has a line of wine. I, I mean, I like. Well, I mean, well, it's no. His dad is his. Her dad has the line oh. of wine. I think. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> They're freaking rich. Fuck them. Godfather, that's great true. movie. Um. Okay, so so that's my fourth, and then my fifth. What's my fifth one gonna be? That's like. Life Father John Misty. And what was the name of the track again one more time? We can edit out me asking you. Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yeah. At the Hollywood Cemetery. I think my L.A. Just song moment, other than the California song, like I like to play <laughs> Party in the USA when I'm at L.A. <laughs> when I'm like, I like to play it right as the plane is coming down and I'm landing. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. That is very cute. <laughs> it's a party in the USA. I mean, that's a great song. Where, where was it? I was talking to someone about like anytime these child stars, like once they become like adult, they have to like get naked mm-hmm. and get weird. Like she became an adult and then it was like, I'm now naked and my tongue is out all the time. And then like Daniel Radcliffe from Harry Potter, he like the minute he turned 18, he like went and did 
um, Equine, which is this play about a dude who gets naked with horses. And what? Shit. So he, like, showed his dick in theater. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, if I type in Equine, you said? Equine. And you yeah. see his dick in this play. Movie. It's a it's a play that he did in, in the in London. And he and the dude's naked with a horse. I get that is a strange fascination we have with like proving you're an adult by showing your body. And it's it by showing your chest. It also is very I mean it feels like the most natural thing to do, <laughs> right? Um apparently he flatulates a corpse in a movie. I just found that phrase. <laughs> Oh, is that Swiss from um, the the Swiss Army Knife? What? <laughs> Isn't he a corpse in that movie? It's supposed to be a really fucking weird movie. I'm I want to see good it. Good on that. <laughs> I'm good on all of this. I feel like I'm gonna end up on some kind of government list just for looking this up, girl. <laughs> I think like a, a okay, a few celebrities you want to be friends with. I would want to be friends with Daniel Radcliffe. I think it would be fun. I think we would have a nice time, and we never have to talk about Harry Potter. I think him and I would just connect on, like, other weird shit. I would like to go to that hangout because I have never read a Harry Potter book and I've only seen half of the first movie because I fell asleep. And so, like, <laughs> like I I know so little about about Harry Potter that I also could just be like, oh, that's so great. You, you've you been in some movies. It's cool. <laughs> like, what's it like? What are, have I, I heard of think- them? <laughs> I just think him and I would be like, fr- I think we'd be good friends. Like, I don't, I mean, I look, if he was like, do you want to fuck you? I'd be like, okay. okay, I'll fuck you. But I think that him and I would be like good friends. That, I get the, that vibe from Daniel. It's got to be overwhelming being part of a, a, a franchise like that. Because like, people will always mm-hmm. see him as Harry Potter. Like, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a amusement, there's two amusement parks splattered with his face. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, do you know he's on a show on mm-hmm. TV? I've seen it. Um... With Steve yeah, Buscemi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's up? Miracle Workers. Yeah. Is it fun? I like season one. Season two is so boring. All right. Aww. But then, you know, I got ADD. But they're in medieval things. What'd you say? They're in medieval yeah, I know. things. You like that shit, though. I auditioned for the third season. I know. I was wondering. I was like, is this a source? Of-? I started watching it because you had your audition, and I was like, I want to see what Jenny's doing. Because I'm always so supportive. Oh, it was so sad. That would have been a fun oh. one. Other things will come, you know? Just gotta keep your head up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mom. Thank I'm, you. Actually, that's more supportive than my mother. My mother'd be like, "You have become fat. That is why no one will hire you." God, my God, my mom can be like that too sometimes. And it's funny too because I think internalize the idea that it's not that I'm fat, but like I'm the wrong kind of fat. Like I wish I, was, I wish I was one of those fun, bubbly, fat people. I just look like a skinny person with extra stuff on their body, like. Like, I'm convinced that I'm not good enough at being fat. Like, I'm not tall enough. And, like, like, it was, like, crazy. Isn't it crazy that, like, I don't even think, like, oh, man, plus-size models, they're the right kind of fat. Or, like, I don't... I mean, they have pretty faces. That's the thing. All plus-size models have skinny Mm, faces. That's true. And they're pretty. That's it. They don't... So, you know, I just happen to have this big old fat (laughs) head. fat head. (laughs) (laughs) This big old chunky head of mine. (laughs) God, if you start looking up head exercises and buy like a jade roller to work out your <laughs> I mean, I've already done it. Um, I'm trying to think what my fifth song would All right. be. So just to run it back through, we've got Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds by the okay. Beatles. Symphony first, 25th in B16, G minor. G minor. Uh, 
25, 13 Corinthians. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. A song number, a song can't have numbers in the title. My brain won't allow it. Uh, then we got Princess Raspberry Beret and Walking on Broken Glass. You are breaking the rules and deciding that you can have two songs sorry. for number three. Look, you know what? Okay, if I can't find the, if I can't find my fifth song, let's, we'll just do those two. Father John Misty. And you know what? I'm going to pick your fifth song because this song okay, makes me think song. of you all the time. Uh-oh. It is another Prince song. Uh-oh. Adore yeah. you. <laughs> oh, fuck! I hate it! I hate it! Sorry to scream, y'all. I'm sorry. She hates the song because it was the first song. You know how sometimes you accidentally, a song will be first in your, in your, like, Apple Music, and then that way it plays every single fucking day for, like, a year. God, I hate And if you don't song. move fast enough, every time you plug your phone in, you just hear it. version of the song which has what sound what appears to be at least six seven minutes of prince finishing um, oh no that's that's do me baby that one i would listen to all day adore is just like that weird like it's a live song but i don't think it's actually live and then after that comes alphabet city alphabet street and i fucking hate alphabet <laughs> street Ugh, i hate it because it has at the end sounds of him eating a girl's pussy and it's so gross it's such a gross like you know that smacking noise because the whole thing is like you're when you eat a eat out a girl you, you do the alphabet on her clit <laughs> with your tongue that's the song is him being like i'm gonna take it alphabet street who you do the alphabet is that a thing <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing. Dudes, like, trace out the, you know, because they don't want to just listen to the girl and ask her what she likes. So, like, I'm going to fucking do a spelling bee on You're doing Morse code instead of just doing... <laughs> yeah. They're spelling words! Yeah. Yeah. Stop it! Stop, like, really try to yes. make, like, an A yes. with their tongue? Like, you... A... I'm going to do it because I can see myself doing it. it. Yeah, A, B, and they just trace it. I'm like, that's so much more work. Then just being like, what do you like? And then her being like, I like this. And then trying it out. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Alphabet Street. And so then at the end, you hear a woman's voice go A, B, C. And then you hear fucking mouthy noises. And I fucking hate it. <laughs> okay. Now I can't decide which song to add to so it. You gave me three <laughs> terrible, horrible. And they're great songs. But Do Me Baby is great. Do Me Baby is a fabulous song. It's got it's great. And then yes, at the end there are several minutes of him just finishing. What's wrong with that? <laughs> what are you just gonna sit there and watch? And then he and then he comes and he goes, I'm so cold. Why does he say I'm so cold? <laughs> but it's I don't know. Who comes and is like, I'm so cold. I mean, Prince was a small man. So, like, maybe he just exerted so much force that he got, like, instantly exhausted. Here's, look. Tiny dudes have big dicks. This is a truism. Don't tell me that because that's going to make me want Seth Green even more. If you're short, you got a big dick. He's also, well, Seth Green is Jewish. I heard Jews have big dicks. But I've only fucked, like, two Jews in my whole life. And they were all regular. They were just regular dicks. Um, except the tiny Israeli in New Orleans. He was 5'2". Five 5'2"? Two. Five two? And he had, he had a he had a nice size schlong. <laughs> Wiener. 
It's Jewish. I wanted to use the proper term. Oh, man. You know when they say female comedians don't talk about anything but sex? And, you know, look at us defying <laughs> so this is This is by far the raunchiest episode of Rhythm and Bang yet. Uh, <laughs> you have bang in the title. What do you think? Bang, not bang. <laughs> Oh, well, bae. Okay, I'm still having sex That's with true, somebody. That's true, that is true. It is your bae. I'm not having sex with anybody right now. This is the problem. <laughs> you're my, hor- you're my horniest know. guest yet. That's what I think is the case. No, that's the weird thing. I've ne- I've, I'm at a point in my life, I don't even want it. Like, I haven't masturbated in probably, like, weeks. I just don't care. I talk about it in very, te- in very like, technical medical terms what if i just started streaming malcolm gladwell right now like it just came through your your ears i'm thinking about his voice not kidding i'm getting a little tickled just thinking about his voice i'm like maybe i'll go listen to a podcast later maybe that's that's why i'm not a horny is i'm just not listening to enough fucking revisionist history this has been a very fun uh experience through your sexual journey i think that's where we went lucy in the sky with diamonds is about you as a kid but the rest of it i think goes a specific path and i think that's an important part of the human experience it really is i would say i would say well okay i think that walking a broken glass and father john misty and a little bit of the raspberry beret clearly i was still very attracted to prince but i just feel like those informed my love of like the 18th century Mm. history and then father john misty was was the was the uh, the the cut of um, becoming thirty, or was I think twenty nine or something? But they say when you turn thirty, you stop listening to new music, and it was just like I don't. This is the only new music I'll listen to. I definitely listen to new music, but else. only by the same artist, unless someone's like you have to. Yeah. It'll, it'll be someone who's featured on a song with someone I already know it's much harder for me to just at random stumble into a song now I mean the grocery store be yeah. playing my jams remember we were in Ross and, they were <laughs> and I started dancing to Mary J Blige like, yeah real love <laughs> like it was just I feel like I will I will tune into new songs like there'll be a new song that I like but I'm not I haven't bought an album or like thought about seeing like an artist's albums in so true. long it's true, man. I can't wait to the after times we can go back to concerts, you know, and feel that energy, feel that energy in the room. Oh, so yeah. after our story of your life section, the next thing we like to do is our call-ins. Now, usually I have an audio clip that I can use for a call-in, and I've gotten a couple of really great ones, but this week our client, client, um, <laughs> our, our listener was a little bit shy, so they sent me a text instead, um, but I am going to read it. Okay. They didn't leave their name, so let's call this person Cynthia. Cynthia writes, I've been seeing this guy for about three months and things have been going great. I'm having some temporary financial trouble. I love that she put there, you know, do not claim it. You will not have financial trouble forever. And he keeps offering to help with my bills. I am totally uncomfortable with that. But like, should I be? I'm considering getting a second job and he tells me he doesn't want me working that hard. Would it be weird to let him help with the bills? Girl, you asking the wrong one. (laughs) So I'm like, take the money! Um... (laughs) I okay. I guess it depends on how serious you are. With this. They're just, if you're just casually Let's dating, see, she no. Said, uh, three months. Three months they've been dating. Mm, if they're not boyfriend girlfriend, if they're not like in a committed relationship, I would say okay. no. 
If they are like, you know, we're we're already thinking about moving in together, I'd be like, yeah. Fuck Most I'm of my serious. listeners are not from LA, so in the rest of the country, three months is actually. Oh, that's like. They, they I, I know how everybody here is in like a hostage situation that they call an open relationship, but in Texas, if somebody's you've been dating someone for three months, they your boyfriend. <laughs> I would say. I would say. Okay, well, I just got into a lot of trouble because I helped someone financially, and then they resented me a lot for it. Yeah, men are bad, but I wonder, like, if she's going to feel resentment or if he's going to feel resentment. Because he might feel resentment, might be like, I'm going to pay this to you because I want something in return. Either money back or commitments or obligations or whatever. Like, there's nothing better than, like, holding over someone's head like, you owe me money. That's true. And I understand her wanting to be like, I'm independent and shit. If it's not like dire, if it's just like, okay, I got to like cut out, you know, eating out every week, like figure out how you can do it yourself. And there's nothing wrong with getting a second job. I have five. So you say she should politely decline his help, get the second job and get herself back on her feet. If they're not serious. If they're serious, then yeah, I would say take his help it's it's it is still very nice it's still very kind and nice i'm not saying this person's not a nice person but if you don't have the understanding of commitment and that this is going somewhere Mm. then you know you're you are tying yourself financially to someone that you don't want to that makes sense is there a song that that reminds you of you're going to recommend let's say this person's calling into our radio show and we're like that's a weirdly specific thing to tell us about um Bugaboo? I don't know. Okay. Bugaboo, Bugaboo from the Fantastic. That was the first one that Destiny's came to my Child. head. I mean, there was lots of things where... She pays her mm-hmm. own bills, right? In that Tell <laughs> MCI to cut the phone poles. <laughs> two, two things that could not be more early 2000s. MC, like, if kids listen to that now, they have no idea what a phone pole is, what MCI is. Yes. None of it's real anymore. You know... My knee-jerk reaction is to be like, let him pay, girl, why not? I do think you you bring up a really good point. It depends on how serious they are. If they're at the point, let's say that, like, he is over at her house all the time, then, yeah, he can start picking in for groceries, you know? Um, If they are... I definitely think that she should do what she needs to do to get herself out of a financial bind. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would take issue with just taking cash. I like gifts. Cash is iffy. If you just... Yeah, I feel like ask having him pay for dinners or like take you places like that's fine. That's fine. Like I've you know I'll totally spot people for food and not expect anything in mm-hmm. return. But if it's like you're paying their student, he's like paying your student loans. Yeah. Then no. <laughs> I <laughs> no. mean, I would no. I should I should say no. Don't let don't let your boyfriend become your sugar daddy if you don't want that expectation. And you just you don't want to put yourself yeah. too in a bind where like. A lot of times I feel like guys will will say they can do something that they necessarily can't necessarily do just to sound real chivalrous. And they're yeah. like, yeah, I'll take care of it. And you're like, okay, my loans are $300. I'm like, uh. <laughs> okay. I had a date. I remember with one of my boyfriends on our one of our like third or fourth dates, he took me to this super nice restaurant and it was really great. And I found out later he was like, yeah, like, I don't know if my card is going to be accepted. And I'm like, you like took me out to this super nice place, which is great, but. 
you didn't know if you were gonna have enough money for the date. Like, I don't. That makes me feel bad that I like put you out for this money. And also, that would have been really fucking yes. embarrassing if your card got declined. Those other ways. Oh, oh, I hate that. I hate when a lot of people are so in, uncreative when it comes to dates, and they're like, the most expensive place is the best mm-hmm. place. And it's like, if you and I are laughing and vibing at Red Lobster eating a two for twenty, then that's like what we're doing. It's fine. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. So I am going to. Turn away from my gold diggerish knee jerk, and instead, <laughs> I am gonna. There is this great song by Neo, and I remember this being a big song in like the two thousands. And so I can't think of the title, so I'm gonna look it up. I just feel like sometimes, mm-hmm. and it makes me sad how like how much money will like be important in people's relationships do you know what i mean like my, my last boyfriend was just like kind of obsessed mm-hmm. with money and like you know like like uh like uh they didn't get me a gift because they're like i had no money to get you a gift and it's like i don't want money i don't want you to buy me things i want you to just do something nice whether it be like write me a card or you know fucking make me something i don't care but like this like this pressure we have on especially for men to like have money and give us money and like you always gotta like give a monetary or a material thing it's very and then not giving you anything was more thoughtless it was more thoughtless to just not think of anything like that that's we really do mean it when we say the thought that counts but they just they think thought means money when it doesn't it's just like you remembered something about me and you thought of like just like literally being like i don't have any like i mean i know he has no he never doesn't have any any money you know what i mean you always have something that is really thoughtless that makes me upset so the song i was gonna suggest i was like i was like i don't care what you say no sorry i said i don't i didn't care about money i just wanted like you know to be thought of Okay. So the, thought, the song I'm picking for our listener, Cynthia, which is what I named her after the bald-headed doll that Angelica carries around in the Rugrats. It was a mad for some reason. <laughs> uh, it's called She Got Her Own by Neo. And it's about okay. Neo appreciating the girl he's with because she can take care of herself. So I'm not saying it's not okay to lean on your partner when you're in that type of relationship, but really get yourself to that. Yeah. Like, I would say you're in that relationship when you both have something to lose if things don't work out. Mm-hmm. So, oh my goodness. I just got a notification that we stopped recording. Um, so let me just... Oh, did you go over your limit? I pay. I pay for this. Okay, okay, okay. I still have the audio really? back up, but the Zoom stopped recording. Okay. <laughs> oh, weird. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, so it's a good song about that kind of thing. So in conclusion, that's going to wrap up our episode. <laughs> Well, this has been, you know, we just finished talking about money and then I was like, I'm so broke. I'm not, I don't have room on my laptop for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As always, my name is Jasmine Ellis. You can find me on all the things at Jasmine Ellis Comedy. Follow this podcast, Rhythm and Bay podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just look up Rhythm and Bay. Oh, wait, on Twitter, I messed up and misspelled it. It's Bay Rhythm and I don't know how to fix it. Just look it up. Bay Rhythm and on Twitter. I'm a failure. Jasmine Ellis, all the things. Jenny, 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 where can people find you? And what is the next You're thing that you have coming up? Um, I'm Jenny Zagrino on everything. Z-I-G-R-I-N-O. Uh, the next thing I have coming up is I'm putting together an album. So hopefully that's going to come out in the next few months. 
um, of just stuff from when things were open. And it's going to be more of like a kind of a little uh, documentary, uh, audio documentary, otherwise known as a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the French call it a podcast. It's from the podcast uh, region. It's going to be a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be narrated by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I, I believe be that for you. I want that too. This is the thing: is I've like I say so many horrible things about famous people that I want to do terrible things to, and then I know one day they're gonna hear them all, <laughs> and I'm gonna be fucked. <laughs> like he's gonna hear this shit. Who else? Oh, Drake. I've said terrible things about Drake. <laughs> terrible things I want to do to him. He'll, he'll fucking, I'm sure one day he'll find out. <laughs> I mean, it can't be any worse than when Amanda Bynes said he could destroy her. <laughs> like, Does, yeah, did that she, what she say? Did, did he no, destroy her? No, that was, she was like, did Drake he? could destroy my pussy in all caps. And then that was when her family was like, ooh, we need to take away her rights. <laughs> like, that's when, that's when her conservatorship oh. happened. Like, that's when they were like, she's not well. Uh, another young woman exploited by the Hollywood machine. Tis tis. She was a stand-up comedian at like 10 That's years old. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And then look what happened. That's why I'm actually kind of happy that like fame didn't hit me when I was like yeah, 19. The developmental stage. So happy I wasn't rich when I was young. Hmm? I said so happy I wasn't rich when I was young. Are you though? Because I ain't rich now. <laughs> I don't know if I if just follow me. I, I'd like to be a little rich. <laughs> me too. I could just I just you know want to hoard a little bit of wealth, but um I have to pee so bad. So okay, bye. Bye, I love, love you. you. Bye.